ancient sites, artistic masterpieces, and the creamiest pasta ever made without a drop of cream. This week, we're in Rome. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the podcast for foodies. I'm your host, Brent Peterson, and this week we're in the eternal city of Rome, a place that's on almost everyone's bucket travel list. But when you go to Rome... There's so many places that are must-see sites that can leave you exhausted and frustrated between going to the Colosseum, rushing to the Vatican, the Forum, the Trevi Fountain, all the museums, the Spanish steps. You can end up being exhausted when you go to Rome. So I'm going to give you some tips on seeing those big sites, but I'm also going to tell you about some off-the-beaten-path sites that will delight you when you visit Rome. Places that are full of life and energy and, of course, great food. It's Italy, after all, so let's eat. What to eat? Hey, you gonna finish that? On Destination Eat Drink. All the places that I talk about during the podcast are on the website DestinationEatDrink.com. Everything that we talk about here and lots, lots more places to eat, places to drink, places to shop, cool things to do, and hotels to stay while you're in Rome at DestinationEatDrink.com. Now, the quintessential Roman pasta dish is cacio e pepe, a deceptively simple dish to make that legend has was created by Roman shepherds who were in the hills around Rome watching their flocks and needed a dish that had ingredients that wouldn't spoil. So they came up with cacio e pepe, which is so simple that it only has a couple ingredients. Spaghetti, pecorino romano cheese, never parmesan, pecorino, sheep's milk cheese, salt, and lots and lots of cracked pepper. And that's it. That's all that's required for making this dish. Deceptively simple, but difficult to execute. If you've ever tried to make cacio e pepe, inevitably the first few times you do it, the cheese breaks and you end up with the gloppy mess. This cacio e pepe is some kind of Roman grandmother Jedi mind trick to make it come together into this beautiful, creamy dish that is essential when you visit Rome. The best place to get cacio e pepe in Rome might be Felice e Testaccio. They've been around since 1936, and if you sit down and get the English menu, look for tonarelli. That's the Roman word for pasta. They put the cheese, they put the pepper on it. It's fantastic, and they've been doing it for over 80 years. They know exactly what they're doing when it comes to cacio e pepe and really anything else on the menu. Inside the train station in the mezzanine is La Tovla di Oliver Glowig, also known as La Tavola Il Vino e la Despensia. And if you go up there, this is a fantastic restaurant. Oliver is actually German, but he's been in Italy forever, and he knows how to make Italian food. It's a Michelin-recognized restaurant with surprisingly reasonable prices. And if you get the cacio e pepe there, it is your classic cacio e pepe dish, but it's served with sea urchin. He also serves the Roman specialty oxtail soup and a spaghetti dish with garlic, chilies, and hazelnuts. Who could imagine inside a train station 
there's this wonderful foodie haven. I've spent all my time in train stations eating out of vending machines, but when you go to Rome, this is a can't-miss place. If you're planning on taking the train in or out of Rome, give yourself a couple extra hours and make sure you get a meal at Oliver's. After dinner, it's time for dessert, and the best place to go is the neighborhood of Testaccio, where you go to Pestaccheria Barberini. They have amazing baked goods, the cakes and the pastries and all the Roman good stuff in there. But here's where you go to get the best gelato in Testaccio. And the thing about Testaccio is it's not really the most famous neighborhood in Rome. It's not really the prettiest neighborhood either. It was traditionally a working class neighborhood. Now it's starting to gentrify. There's some Roman hipsters moving in there. But they've got this amazing museum in the neighborhood of Testaccio. Centrale Monte Martini is an old mothballed power plant in the Testaccio neighborhood. And this uh, power plant shuttered years and years ago. It sat vacant and empty and unused. But museums in Rome had too many pieces of artwork, so they started using the old power plant as a place to store their excess stock. So these museums would store their stuff in the power plant. Well, over time, it became obvious that there was a fantastic collection of artwork in this old abandoned power plant. It's now open as a museum. Monte Martini is now a museum you can go visit. And all of the power plant equipment is still there. The generators and the turbines and all that stuff is still there. But in between the machines are amazing pieces of artwork, including Greco-Roman statuary. So it's really a cool atmosphere to visit inside the power plant and seeing all this cool artwork. Of course, we're in Italy, so some mention must be made of pizza wherever you are in Italy. Here's the thing about pizza in Italy. There are different styles of pizza depending on where you are in the country. Just like in the United States, there's New York-style pizza, there's Chicago-style, California-style, there's even Detroit-style pizza. There's all these different kinds of pizza. Well, in Italy, it's the same thing. So if you go to Sicily, there's one style of pizza. In Naples, another. In Rome, they have their own style of pizza. And I hate to bring you down, but Roman pizza is probably my least favorite style of pizza in Italy. It's not that it's bad, it's just not my favorite, and here's why. During times of austerity, during times of poverty, during times of war, Romans would take the flour, would take the dough to make pizza, and they would use other fillers to make it go farther, and they would roll out the dough extremely thin because they didn't have much flour to make pizza, so they'd make it thin to make it look like they were having more. Well, this style of pizza stuck, and now that's Roman-style pizza, and the crust is so thin, it's almost cracker-like. And that's not to say you won't find good pizza in Rome. It's just, to me, is kind of a tragedy that in Rome, just an hour trains ride away from the world's greatest pizza city in the world, Naples, that you get pizza that's not nearly as good in Rome. I don't want my pizza to be coming on a cracker. But that's what you get in Rome. That's the style of the pizza there. My other favorite foodie thing to do in Rome 
is to get fresh roasted chestnuts. Now, this is a seasonal thing in Rome. You have to go in the fall or the winter when the temperatures are cold and the chestnuts have been harvested. But there's vendors all over the place that will sell you fresh roasted chestnuts. They have a little uh, thing there where they roast the chestnuts right there. They'll scoop them into a little bag for you. It's a couple of euro, and you walk around with roasted chestnuts as you're walking to the Trevi Fountain or the Colosseum or wherever you happen to be going. It's wonderful to get a bag of chestnuts, especially on an evening passeggiata. Want to drink? I'll have another on Destination Eat Drink. In addition to dozens of foodie destinations on the website DestinationEatDrink.com, you can also purchase my novel Truffle Hunt, which has, if you're a lover of Italian food and Italian culture, has lots of Italian culture in it, even though a lot of it takes place in Croatia. I told you about the foodie hotspot in the train station in central Rome. There's also a fantastic wine bar not far from the train station, It's Trimani. They've been wine cellars in their family for almost 200 years. Their wine shop has been there forever. And they also have an excellent Enoteca there. When you are drinking wine in Rome and you want to drink local, ask for Vino Rosso. As simple as that, red wine. And generally, what's going to come to your table is an unlabeled carafe of wine and glasses look like water glasses to us, just stacked on top of each other. It's a lot of fun to drink this wine. Not the best quality, but to me, that's part of the fun, is just having some good local wine to share with your friends. You're going to be walking in Rome, no doubt about it. It's a a city that, with all the sites being relatively close to each other, there's a lot of walking going on. And if you go there in the summer, and I would encourage you not to, to go in the spring or the fall, but if you go in the summer, it gets extraordinarily hot. So what I suggest is look for these things called nazoni. Nassonis are, it means nose in Italian, and Nassoni are little water fountains. They're free water fountains all over Rome. There's a couple hundred of these, and if you bring your empty water bottle with you while you're out walking, you can fill it up for free. The other fun thing about the Nassoni is if you push, if you cover the hole on the Nassoni with your thumb, then the water squirts out out of a little hole on top of the Nassoni, making it into a kind of water fountain. So it's a lot of fun to do that as well. But look for the Nassoni. A couple years ago, there was a horrible drought in Italy, and they shut down a bunch of the Nassoni because of a uh, water shortage in the city. I haven't seen anything uh, like that in the last couple of years, but it's something to be aware of if you're planning on going during the summer. You might just check online to see if any of the Nassoni Sonys have been shut down, but it's a great feature of Rome that they've got free water and it's nice and cold coming from these fountains year round. Things to do and places to see. I don't know. What do you want to do? On Destination Eat Drink. you have a question or a comment about anything on Destination Eat Drink, you can drop me a line. Head to Facebook, Destination Eat Drink, or on Twitter, at Eat Destination, or go to the website, DestinationEatDrink.com, 
click on contact. If it's your first time visiting Rome, there's several items on your bucket list that you simply have to do. It's a contractual requirement of visiting Rome. That includes going to the Vatican, the Colosseum, the Forum. The problem is Rome is incredibly crowded with tourists and everyone else has the exact same bucket list as you. So my advice is make sure before you go to the Colosseum, before you go to the Forum, before you go to uh, the Vatican, get your tickets in advance. You can do it all online. Go to Destination Eat Drink for more links and details on how you can do that. The Sistine Chapel in the Vatican is a must-see. It doesn't matter if you're religious or not, if you're Christian or not, you have to go see Michelangelo's masterpiece. It is amazing. The problem is it's also incredibly crowded. You'll be shoulder to shoulder with several hundred of your closest friends while Italian guards repeat endlessly, silencio, silencio. But it's worth it because it's an amazing experience to see the Sistine Chapel in person. You can get your tickets to see the Vatican Museum online, and that's something that you should definitely do. You can also take a tour of the Vatican, but the best tour of the Vatican is actually the newest tour. They've just opened up a tour of the catacombs underneath St. Peter's Basilica. And this is supposedly where the bones of St. Peter are buried. But just to get underneath the Vatican, underneath the Basilica, and see those catacombs down there is an amazing experience you won't soon forget. You can get your tickets online. I've got links to that on the website. If you're thinking, well, in order to do all this, it's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, Rome's expensive, but there's a lot of things that you can do in Rome that are free. And probably the most famous one is the Trevi Fountain. It's a beautiful fountain made famous in movies like La Dolce Vita and Three Coins in the Fountain. And you should go to the Trevi Fountain. The time to go is in the evening when it's all lit up. And of course, you have to participate in the ritual of throwing a coin over your shoulder into the fountain. But you have to make sure that you do it the proper way. The coin goes in your right hand and it's thrown over your left shoulder. A couple of things to keep in mind when visiting the Trevi Fountain. If you want to be like uh, the woman in La Dolce Vita and swim in the Trevi Fountain, you could face a hefty fine. I think it's something like 500 euros now for folks who decide they want to swim in the Trevi Fountain. Don't do that. Uh, the other thing is people used to years and years, decades ago, used to drink the water from the Trevi Fountain. Don't drink the water in the Trevi Fountain. They now use a, a cocktail of chemicals to keep the pipes clean and keep the water flowing. You don't want to taste that water. Trust me. Uh, a nice thing about the Trevi Fountain is they take all the money that's uh, donated into the fountain every day and it goes to charity. So that's a nice thing. Another free thing to do in Rome is to visit the Spanish Steps. For me, Spanish Steps are kind of overrated, but if you want to go and see the Spanish Steps, you can. They're discouraging you from actually sitting on the Spanish Steps by uh, watering them down pretty frequently, so you don't want to get a 
soggy ass and sit on the steps. Also, if you're caught eating your gelato or anything else on the Trevi or on the uh, Spanish steps, you can be subject to another hefty fine. The Trastevere neighborhood used to be one of the undiscovered gems in Rome. Now it's been fully discovered, which is a bit of a tragedy, but still there are places you can go in Trastevere that are worth your time and are still wonderful, authentic places to be. A lot of the Trastevere neighborhood um, was the Jewish quarter, the oldest Jewish quarter in Europe, dating from the second century BC. And in 1555, they created a Jewish quarter that was walled off from the rest of the city, and Jews were segregated in Rome by order of the Pope. Jewish people were required by law to return to the inside of the walled gates of the ghetto each night. And these walls weren't even torn down until 1870 after Italian unification and Jewish people were finally given full Italian citizenship. Lots of Jews were rounded up by Nazi occupiers and shipped to concentration camps in 1943. Few survived, and today there is still a small community of Jewish people left in Trastevere. You'll want to visit the great synagogue in Rome, but also you want to sample some Jewish food in Trastevere. My favorite spot, Boccione. It's a Jewish bakery in Trastevere, well hidden. There's not even a sign. I can't believe they do. There's not even a sign to tell you where it is. You just have to know the address. But the thing to get here is the famous cherry ricotta cake. Cherry and ricotta cake came into popularity after there was a papal decree that Jews could not sell or trade in dairy products. What? But it's true. The Pope said Jews can't sell, they can't trade, no dairy products allowed. So to contradict this, uh, Jewish bakeries started making this cherry ricotta pie. And what they would do is they would bake it in a pastry crust to hide the ricotta cheese that was inside and add the cherries to further disguise the ricotta that was there. And the place to go, Boccioni fantastic cherry ricotta pie in the Jewish quarter of Rome. Tips and inside information on Destination Eat and Drink. Whatever you do, do not rent a car in Rome. Driving in Rome is a suicide mission. Roman drivers are insane. And the same goes if you're a pedestrian. Keep your head on a swivel. It seems these Vespas come out of nowhere and they'll clip you without a second thought. So be extra careful when you cross the street in Rome. Luckily, the bus service and the subway service are pretty good in Rome. But this tip, watch your wallet, especially if you get on bus 64, which is a famous tourist bus that has been nicknamed the Pickpocket Express. You get on there, there's probably just as many pickpockets as there are tourists. Keep your wallet close. Yes, Rome is a very expensive city, but there's lots of free things to do. I mentioned the Spanish Steps and the Trevi Fountain earlier. The Pantheon is free. But one of my other favorite free things to do in Rome is to visit the churches. 
uh, St. Peter's Basilica, Vatican City. Those are free to visit. It costs to go to the uh, museum, the Vatican Museum. It costs to go to the Sistine Chapel. But just to go to the Basilica, just to go to the square, that's free. But a real great tip is to go to some of the lesser-known churches in Rome. There are dozens and dozens, hundreds even, churches in Rome, and many of them have priceless masterworks of art inside. If you go to Santa Maria del Popolo, inside, works are hanging by Raphael, by Bernini, by Caravaggio, or go to Santa Maria Maggiore, they have incredible frescoes inside. Explore some of these lesser-known churches, because not only do they have masterpieces inside, but they're also much less crowded than a lot of the other places that you'll go to see in Rome. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Destination Eat Drink, the podcast. You can subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get podcasts, or just go to radiomisfits.com and click on Destination Eat Drink. Destination Eat Drink has been distributed by Radio Misfits and by Ed Silla. Join us every week. We drop a new episode on Friday. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.